All right. We got Michelle Denio, the founder of Michelle Denio Consulting and Accelerated Business Alliance. Had to try that one out multiple times. We, we've done that <laughs> offline. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys. And I'm so excited to be here. Love your podcast. Love listening to all your amazing guests. So I'm excited to be here. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for the support. And Michelle and I connected through Donnie's group called SCN, Success Champions Network. And Michelle and I, we had a conversation offline, hit it off. There's a lot of synergy. I want to dive a little bit deeper into the masterminds and a lot of things like that. But Michelle, the floor is yours. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story. Oh, yeah. So real quick, I mean, long story short, I'm originally from upstate New York. And my husband and I, eight years ago, decided that we were done living in the cold and snow and we moved to Florida. And that's kind of where my entrepreneurial journey began because we quit our jobs, left, sold our house, everything to chase retirement. And so what went from, <clears throat> you know, high level careers and long term careers to starting over and realized that I had spent a lot of time working my career and working my skills and I wasn't going to just let them go to waste. And so I started doing a lot of networking, which is what I believed in the power of networking and meeting people. And through that, just started doing a lot of consulting, a lot of strategy work, a lot of pick my brain. And finally, somebody said to me, I don't understand why you continue to let people pick your brain and you drive all over giving all this business advice and you're not charging for it. And so that's truly how that started out was just basically, I would say by accident, but not, not by accident. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. And so how are you? Cause th this was something that Lana and I had a challenge of overcoming as well Is like when you're first starting a business, how are you able to navigate the murky waters of just networking and trying to use that as a way to leverage your business? There's a lot of uncertainty. There's not an immediate quantifiable ROI when it comes to networking, but tell us a little bit more about your process and what that looked like and how it generated, you know, your business success today. I look at networking of a, from a place of like, how can I meet as many people as possible and get as many people as possible to know my name? You know, we always had a friend. I always remember having a friend. We called him. I know a guy because he literally networked everywhere. And no matter who you needed or if you needed help with anything, we were like, just call, just call Chris. He knows a guy. And that was my goal when I started networking is I wanted to be that person that just knew everybody. I wanted to be that go-to person. So because that keeps you top of mind. So when you're networking, if you're having the right conversations and getting and being of value to people, you become the go-to expert where oh, people are constantly thinking about you and you become that. I know a guy where they're always, and maybe it's not always because they need you, but it doesn't matter. They're always staying in your circle. So for me, that's the way I, I look at networking is how can you have enough conversations to where people constantly think of you when they need something? So I wanted to ask you about kind of like your your past life before you're at to where you're at a little bit more in depth. So like what experiences did you go through that shaped kind of where you're at right now and the business you've been able to build specifically? Yes. So I originally was in the accounting and operations space, business development operations and a manufacturing world. So what we, we did and shipped internationally all over. And I was responsible basically from the time the order came in the door to the time it got billed and invoiced. So every step in between. And so being able to look at a process, I've always looked at what is the starting point and what's the end goal. And from a production management, we did a lot of manufacturing. Do we have the parts? Do we not have the parts? What ones do we have the parts for? And being able to strategically place all of the pieces together to make sure all the orders got out the door to make sure you kept everybody happy, who was screaming the loudest, who paid the fastest, looking at all the moving pieces. And I do that the same way when it comes to entrepreneurship is who 
where are you at? Where are you trying to go? What are the pieces you have right now that you can utilize? What do you still need to work on? What do we still need to bring in? And how can you leverage what you already have, right? Like how can we double down on what you're already doing to make sure that you're making the most money? I always look at everything from a profit standpoint. My background's in accounting. So if it's not making, I don't really care at all about revenue. If it's not making a profit, then it doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm always looking at how can we get the most done in the least amount of time or with the least amount of overhead. So that goes into my next question. And apologies, my microphone is like jacked up right now. So if my audio sounds terrible. I apologize to to you and everybody listening. But it most uh, definitely sounds terrible. Can <laughs> confirm. We have our microphone. I have my microphone misconnected, so I'm, you're actually hearing it from my webcam. So whatever. So tell tell our listeners about that the consulting work you do specifically, what that looks like, what a relationship looks like, and and the value you're driving in the community. Yeah. So from a consulting standpoint, I always look at everything from a, a full strategy perspective. But for me, it's more based on what is it that is in alignment with you, that person individually, and what are their goals? There's a lot of other coaches and consultants out there that can give you, you know, step one through step 10 of how to build a business out of a box type of thing. But what I find is that it burns people out. And just because I always tell everybody there's a million strategies out there and they all work, but they don't all work for everybody. But there's a guru out there that can prove every single one of them works. But the key for me is looking at what is going to work for you specifically and keep you happy because so many people burn out because they're trying to do things in their business because somebody told them they should, but they absolutely hate it. They're not good at it. It's not what they enjoy. It's bringing them clients that they don't enjoy working with. So really taking a a full overall view of what that looks like of where, how do you best serve? What are your clients needing and how can you marry the two? That's such a great point. And and I think it's such a tough thing to navigate nowadays. Now that social media is so prevalent is that there's the imposter syndrome just runs rampant. Everyone now has to build a 50, hundred million dollar business. And to your point earlier, revenue does not always equal profit. Most of the times when you actually increase your revenue, your profit margin gets thinner. So sometimes oh, yeah. these $5 million businesses are making more money than the $20 million business. But overall, it's just trying to serve your ego at that point. So I really love that point that you brought. And that's a big shift that we've been making lately is to really like figure out what are my needs? What is my end goal? What do I actually want to achieve? And maybe building smaller is the right way to do it so I can actually optimize for net life, not just net worth. Um, yeah, I steal I, that from guy. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, I always try to tell everybody that there's more, you can scale more than just money. When people say it's time to scale a business, I always look at how can we scale time? How can we scale our time and have more free time and make the exact same amount of money? Cause to me, I, now I've just increased my profit. I've increased, you know, the amount of money I'm making per hour versus dollars on a piece of paper. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So if you yeah. can make the same amount of money in five hours, you've just, quadrupled most of the time your hourly rate versus making more money and having to put in just as many hours with it. That's scaling. But I think scaling time is the one thing most people don't even really take a look at. They just discredit the time that they're spending on their business. So let's talk about that. How can we immediately go ahead and start scaling our time? What are some things that we can do to audit it? What are some immediate changes that some people that are listening to this can make immediately? So one of the things that I always look at is how can you package and position your offers a little bit differently so that they are not tied to certain, like a number of appointments, most coaching or most business get into like you have 
four hours or we're going to meet weekly type of thing. So one of the things I've done is created this unlimited coaching model, which is basically text and voice support only, no appointments on the calendar at all. It's a set price. There is So there's no time for dollar trade. Some months I might spend two hours working with a client, other months I might spend five, but it doesn't matter because my time is available and I can do it from anywhere, right? So I have immediately scaled time because I no longer have appointments on my calendar that I'm responsible for while I'm still allowing and giving the same support to my clients. So I think you can look at it from that perspective is, is there a way you can support your clients without having to have these set meeting times? That's the, that's the biggest one. It's free up your calendar. Free up your calendar. How can you provide the same amount of support without having to be tied to your computer or an appointment? Well said. That and like give yourself some margin to think, right? And actually yeah. work on the business as opposed to inside of the business. That was a big challenge. Land and I, you know, when we started in financial services, it was like, okay, the toughest challenge is to get people on your calendar. We've found a way to crack the code and get more people than we know what to do with on our calendar. Then the challenge became, how can I continue to optimize and scale this thing to have the right people in the right place so that I can now think? Because just making sales isn't actually going to drive the business forward if you're not actually taking the time to work on it. Um, so great it. point. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I always try to encourage people to do too is to really structure their days. I just was working with somebody prior to this call about, you know, he's doing all the things and every day is there's no structure to any of it. It could be networking. It could be client calls. It could be outreach. It could be you can't do that. You've got to have set days. You've got to give your business a little bit of structure to where you're not getting interrupted all the time because you can get so much more done. Having a set block for admin time for four hours, you can get so much more done in that. And then you have the rest of the day off, right? Like take your time and really taking control of your calendar is one of the biggest ways you can scale time. One of the things I'm doing this year is I do the three weeks on one week off. I'm loving that business model where for three weeks out of the month, I will take as many appointments and calendar appointments as I can. But for one week a month, I don't take any appointments. And the week is mine to think, to work on my business, to catch up, to do whatever I want. That to me, that's been absolutely amazing. I love that. I'm loving that business model. We'll see if it continues. But right now it's, it's pretty killer. Tony and I heard a quote a few months ago that kind of changed. It's in the same vein of what we're talking about. It's, it's he who works all day has no time to make money. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. But one thing I wanted to ask was who specifically do you help? Like who is your client avatar and how did you and there's 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 millions of businesses out there. How did you find your your specific niche inside of this space? Like so who is your client avatar? Who do you like to help the most? And how did you what was that journey to find that specific niche? Yeah, niche, that's like my favorite word. And I actually say I hate people, I hate the word niche because sometimes I feel like so many people feel they put too much pressure on that. But truly my niche is really, I based it on my offers, right? So I'm a big proponent and fan of like, here's who I am, here's what I do, and here's how you can work with me. And it either fits what you're looking for or it doesn't. And that in itself niches you out. But for primarily it's business to business, service based, online, global business owners that are in that growth to scaling stage. And that is like super vague because growth could look different for everybody. Scaling looks different for everybody, but it's somewhere in that right before six figures or right after six figures, because I feel like those are two buckets of people that are really underrepresented. But just because somebody might be making $80,000 a year doesn't, and it's not quote unquote six figures doesn't mean they're not successful and doing really well and still need help. But then also once somebody hits that six figure, 100, $150,000 mark, going from 150 to 250 or 150 to 300, 500, 
that looks totally different. Like the strategy looks totally different. At that point, that's when you have to start scaling. That's when you have to start scaling your time, freeing up. So I would say those two buckets of people in the from the business perspective. But how I came to that really is basically, I always look at it from a place of taking on, we've all done it. We've taken on clients that aren't a good fit. And those that that defines your niche. When you when you work with enough people that aren't a good fit, then you start to realize who you are a good fit for. So mm-hmm. overly creative entrepreneurs, photographers, artsy, like the people that are super creative, not my thing. I'm too numbers driven for them. I'm too factual, too straightforward. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. They're too, they're too creative for me. Yeah. No, I, I love that because that's something I was actually just reading something about it yesterday. It's like you could tell a lot about the length and durability of a business based on the clients that they take on. That was a really big point of us. I hate to keep reflecting back to us, but I, I like to oh, bring our personal situations to it just because this is something I've learned. That's the only experience I have. So right. we were just, if you had a pulse, you could become a client. The toughest part is starting to say no to those people. And then you start to really dive deeper into who that ideal client avatar is. And if you can, I know you like to say niche. I don't know what it is. Niche, niche. I'm always going to yeah. say niche. If you yeah. can niche down, there is such a big market. Like you don't have to control all of the market share. You just got to control the certain sliver inside of your thing. And there's enough money to go around. Business isn't a zero sum game, in my opinion. So everyone can win, especially in the consulting space where like we had, we don't even have the capacity to take on over a hundred clients a year anyway, if we want to fulfill right. our offer properly. So I really love everything there. Now let's shift a little bit towards the accelerated business alliance. I want to learn a little bit more about how masterminds have affected your worlds, yeah. what that looks like. Tell us a little bit more about that side. Yeah. So for me, that just real quick, back to your niche point. And like you said, there's clients out there for everybody. So that's what I always try to tell everybody. You don't have to serve everybody. So it's okay to get super specific with what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do in your offer as well. Because if you, a client is not a good fit and they, if you only want to offer group coaching programs and they want one-to-one, then so be it. That's okay. That defines your niche right there too, right? So thinking about it from a, a slightly different perspective on that. But anyway, shifting to the mastermind. So the mastermind, I feel like masterminds are one of the most underutilized resources for business ownership. There is nothing to me that compares to being in a room with a bunch of other people in the same space. A, make you realize that you're not alone, that your thoughts aren't crazy. You're not, you know, you're not the only one going through all of these things with the bad client or the, you know, the pain in the ass that won't pay you or whatever it is. Like we've all been there. But I also find that many people do it wrong, right? There's a lot of people out there that mastermind incorrectly and they've overlabeled that words gotten overused. And so I've joined a million of them. And when I couldn't find what I was looking for, that's when I created it because I do truly feel like every single business owner should be in some form of mastermind with other power thinkers because it's just, it will truly, that's why I called it the accelerated business alliance. Cause that to me is your alliance of people that are going to accelerate your business. And that I just feel so strongly about it because there's nothing better than getting the experience of others. What was the problem that you saw in traditional masterminding and what does your company do differently to, you know, solve that problem? One is most of the time they're not facilitated, right? They're a group of people and they just let people, everybody, the group runs it themselves. And I think a true mastermind has to have a facilitator, somebody that's sitting at the room that's not participating as a, they're not participating as like a hot seat is a member. They might be able to give feedback. So for me, I'm in every mastermind group that I run as a facilitator. I'm there giving call notes and I will absolutely give my peer feedback, but I never sit on the hot seat per se. So 
They are not facilitated. I think that's one thing that's really, really poorly done. And they also don't have a structure, right? And if, again, that comes back to not having a facilitator because they can turn into a bitch fest easily. They can also turn just in that spirals negative because once that's, that spiral starts, it doesn't end. And then also they need to have a structure where you, somebody's taking control of the time of the room and saying, okay, wait, no, let's make sure this person's looking to talk. You can see when people are starting to check out, you can see when somebody's trying to unmute themselves and somebody's over talking, you know, so you've got to be able to have that because otherwise what happens is people just realize it's a waste of time. Nobody's listening. I don't ever get to get a chance on the seat. And so then they stop going. So those are the two things I feel. The other thing I think is really, really important is making sure that you get vetted, that they're vetted, that they're, it's not just anybody that shows up with a credit card gets into the mastermind because there's nothing worse than sitting at a table with somebody who's brand new and you're six or seven, 10 years in. It's not that you can't help them, but there's very little that they're going to be able to offer you. And so you end up feeling like you're just there getting your brain picked nonstop and nobody's actually giving you any advice that you can do anything with. Yeah, that's super, super, super valuable. Like everybody, a lot of our listeners have heard this story a couple of times, but we'll just share it with you directly. And, and you may have heard Antonio talk about this in your SCN group, but we started our our podcast about four years ago. And from that, we we just gained a lot of traction. People that kind of wanted to engage with us. So we said, hey, let's start a community. Let's start a, let's start a group chat. Let's start a WhatsApp. And it turned into book groups and it turned into kind of these mastermind type of type of Zoom calls that would that it would fold into. And there was no structure and there was no vetting process. There was no, you know, there was a lot of that, you know, one person sucking up all the oxygen in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was me and Antonio just kind of talking because no one else felt comfortable enough to speak up. We didn't have any, there was no structure. Mm -hmm. And it resulted in us having over a hundred people in our group, but nobody knew each other. There was nothing, there wasn't a true intimate intimacy of like truly wanting to help each other because you understand and know and like that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so full circle back to where we are now and where, where it's landed us is kind of chopping down and, and trimming all the fat and, and making sure that we do have structure. We went from a hundred people to like 30 people. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and just in two calls with our team, with our group, it's been Tony and I know you'll probably echo this like massively more impactful, massively more engagement, a ton more engagement and it's intentional engagement. It's, it's, it's true engagement. And everybody, like you said, is on this playing field of growth and on this playing field of being able to provide value. And that's the key piece there. If there's people yeah. that are not, you know, in the right boat that aren't ready to be in that boat, it's not going to be valuable for everybody else. And it will die out. That's, that's so well said. And like the challenge that we all face is obviously it's a lot easier to scale this type of stuff on Zoom and virtually, but also mm-hmm. it's tough to get that same intimate feel virtually because now only one person be talking like in a normal, in a, in a traditional setting mastermind, like you could have conversations on this side of the room. You could have another conversation there. So it's a lot more intimate, a lot more valuable from that perspective, but you're able to meet a lot more often on Zoom. So with that, I constantly found myself in a position of instead of masterminding coaching a little bit, like wanting to, you know, talk a little bit more about what we're doing and what we're learning. And instead of being the facilitator, so we've, we've actually transitioned to that facilitator that you speak of and just giving everyone else a platform. And now we're now edified as that super connector because now everyone's learning through us doing that. So that's, that's raising our standard at the same time. So it's, it's really good. It's valuable selfishly as well. And so absolutely. And well, I mean, really, that's the oh, goal, sorry, right? The goal is to be that super connector. You want yep. to be known for that because that is when your your business to me just explodes, when everybody knows your name and, and is constantly thinking of you top of mind. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And, and that over the last, since we've changed it, we've had multiple sessions and the feedback is phenomenal. And everyone really has a chance to share what's working and what's not in their business. And we try and give them a, an allotted time frame based on the amount of time that we have so that we can get to everyone. And then everyone has an ability to share what their feedback is on that person. And the biggest thing that we make sure that people don't leave us like, if we haven't solved your problem and your, your time went over, connect with someone inside of the group that will help you solve that problem or connect with us. And we're going to help you make sure that you're connecting with someone or with us to make sure that that is, a, there's a solution there because we don't want to leave it lingering. Um, and yeah. the value has been great and, and it grows organically and word of mouth spreads like wildfire. I'm so sure you know. Yeah. One of the things that I do is I do have like the bigger overarching community, but then I also pair them into smaller groups. So each mastermind for us is only six to eight people. So we have individuals. So everybody gets a chance to talk every call and they meet every other week for 90 minutes. So I do think that having, but then we also do like a once a month, we'll do a round table where the whole group can come and pick one topic. So it's a little bit more specific on one topic versus the open conversation, but the small groups, they love that. They love it. I had somebody, I, just was talking to one of them the other day. And I asked, I said, I want to bring in some guests. I want to let people experience it. And she's like, absolutely not. These are my people. I only feel safe with these people. I would just sit here and I'm not going to say a word because I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And so you've created when done properly, it creates such an intimate space where these, they just, they are your, your peers. Like they're, they're your people. And you can't imagine anybody else being in your world, like to ask advice from. And I think that is so powerful. It's so underutilized. I think everybody should be in a mastermind. Yeah, And this is something I think you'd be able to help us out with because we're going through the struggle of making sure that the value is there before we start charging because we've, we've put a lot of sweat equity into it, but we're, we're more so charging for people's time as opposed to their, their money or currency right now. Where did you get to the point or over the hurdle of making sure that it was valuable enough to where you can start charging for this stuff? I've, I've charged since day one. I, so the accelerated business alliance has gone through many different iterations. And originally it was just small, like groups of six at one point. But even from that time, I started charging for it. It was minimal. And then I will say, like, as we got really comfortable with each other, everybody was like, do we still really need to pay to be here? Like, we're pretty good. Like, we could just be having these conversations on our own. So I said, fine, let's let's not do it. Let's just do that. And we won't charge for it. Within two weeks, the group fell apart. Nobody, everybody started scheduling over their calendar. Everybody, nobody was showing up. So I feel like it's the investment in charging for the time is out of respect for everybody else's time. It's not because you're paying for everybody else's knowledge as well. So when you're investing, you're not only investing into yourself, you're investing into these other people. And that does require a currency exchange. I don't care what anybody says. If you want to be with the right people surrounded by high level professionals that are going to give their time and their best advice, then you do pay for it. Because the second I find people don't pay for it, and obviously you guys have a different experience if you have 30 people showing up without paying for it. But I found that people would brush it off or over, you know, just look past it if they weren't paying for it. So, but I have slowly increased the rate. And some of that is proof of concept. When you start to see, you know, when one person has literally quadrupled, no, I don't even know what the word is, quintupled like five times her business off of one suggestion out of a mastermind group, like how to create a referral program that literally more than quadrupled her business. That's proof of concept. Like right there alone, 
her investment is so minimal to what she just made. And she probably maybe would have gotten there in her business, but she wouldn't have gotten there last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's helpful. I mean, I think we're at that place where where we've kind of realized that, you know, when we had our group up to over a hundred people, we would have our calls and there'd be 10, 15, 20 people tops on there. Right. And, and I think that there's a lot of power in that. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to shift over to more so kind of like self-development side of your world, right? So what are some pieces of content you like to you like to absorb and read on? And then also just kind of talk about just if, for our listeners, right? Like leave them with some type of like motivational, you know, whatever you want to leave them with from a motivation standpoint, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. My number one favorite self-development is was reading the book, The Big Leap. That to me was the absolute game changer. I read it almost every year. I think everybody needs to do that. But from a personal development standpoint or self-development with business, yes, there's a lot of information out there with podcasts and YouTube. I mean, like, you know, Antonio was saying with social media, you can learn just about everything, but quite honestly, turn off the noise. I would say pick one or two people that you follow and stick with that. But any other investment for me, as I grow and as I scale my business and, you know, I'm six years into this now is mindset. It's mindset is 90% of the battle. So anything that I invest in from a self-development standpoint right now is all 100% related to mindset. Some of that's personal boundaries because I tell everybody like being an entrepreneur and going into this journey is like the deepest journey of self-exploration. You never knew you were going to be on and you never knew you wanted to be on, but it's going to happen anyways. And it's scary and it's tough. And sometimes it's a really hard truth. But when you can really look within and get through that, that's when success really truly starts to catapult. So anytime you can invest in your mindset, whether that's through books or podcasts or even coaches, I think that is 100% the best investment. I mean, because again, everybody's got a strategy and they all work. There's a guru out there that can prove it. Find a strategy that works for you and stick with it but really, truly never stop investing into your mindset. I love it. And for the people that are listening and even myself, like mindset, learning about it can be redundant, right? But that's the whole point of it. It's supposed to be redundant because it's never really about something that we need to learn. It's more something that we have to be reminded of, right? And just Mm -hmm. constantly feeding your brain to trick your subconscious into seeing all these things and seeing abundance. And nobody understands the real correlation of personal development, health, fitness, and business until they actually get into business and realize like your business growth is a direct reflection on all those other things because all of the challenges that you're going to face in business eventually fall and harp on your ability to overcome those, which is mindset, personal development, health, fitness, all that stuff. So I love that. Tell us a little bit more about your vision, where you want to end up as we wrap up here. And then on lastly, this is the Consistency Wins podcast. So tell us a little bit more about what consistency means to you. Okay. So, all right, hold on. You gave me too many questions all at the same time. What was the first one? (laughs) (laughs) Consistency wins. Um, I was thinking immediately there. Well, share with us a little bit more about what your vision is. Yeah, my vision. Okay. So truly my vision is to be 100% location independent, to have a home base. I mean, personally, my husband and I are 20 years apart. So my personal vision is to be able to retire together. Because in the traditional business model, that would have never happened, right? So that is ultimately, but my biggest vision for business is truly to just never 
My mission is really for entrepreneurs to never feel alone or confused. And so to continue to create containers where everybody feels supported, whether that's one-to-one, whether that's through the power of a mastermind, whether that's through the power of being a networking. I have a networking group now too, just to create a space where wherever you need to grow your business, I can be there to help. And I've got a container for it. Ultimately, I would love to grow the Accelerated Business Alliance. I have a big vision for that to become like a business in a box where anybody who wants to implement a mastermind in their in their business could basically say, here's here's the business model. Here's the proven model that works. Take it. Here's all, all everything you need to get it up and going. That's probably my ultimate vision. But ultimately, it's truly about making sure nobody ever feels alone and that they always feel supported. Love it. And then lastly, what does consistency mean to you? Consistency to me means showing up every day and it looks different every single day, but every day means to show up that every day you've got to be doing something to show up. And sometimes showing up means showing up for yourself. It could mean just going and doing something for yourself personally, but also never taking, I'm not saying never taking a day off, but really always thinking about how can I make myself one step better today? What is it? What does that look like? That's consistency. If you can do one thing every day that is going to move you forward, even if it's half a step, that's consistent action. Boom. I love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great value packed 30 minutes. How can our listeners follow you if they want to connect with you? LinkedIn is probably the best platform. Just my name, Michelle Denio, or the Accelerated Business Alliance has a page on LinkedIn as well. Cool. We'll put everything in the description. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys.